Ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary beings, welcome to another Out of This World adventure from Cosmic Crit, the only Starfinder actual play podcast that's here to roll crits and chew bubblegum. And wouldn't you know it, we're all out of bubblegum. I'm Miles, but you may better know me right now as my four-legged fursona, the ultramarine ursine character, Win. We're entering October, which brings about my personal favorite season of the year. As the weather cools and the leaves fall, we trade in those swimsuits and shandies for darker ales and, of course, spooky tales to tell when the sun goes down. Nothing makes me happier than drinking something pumpkin-flavored and watching a horror film on the biggest screen possible. While there will be no tricks, be on the lookout for some special treats this month as we get ready to announce our October streaming schedule. There may be a seasonal surprise or two that we're brewing, and I'd hate for you to miss out on that. Speaking of missing out, if you've not yet joined our Cosmic Crit Discord, that's the most direct line to the podcast. That's where we announce something first, it connects you to over 1,000 other Critter Matters out there, and whether you're interested in getting into Starfinder Society, talking Starfinder mechanics, other tabletop RPGs, or just want to shoot the breeze about video games, comics, or what you had for lunch. The Cosmic Crit Discord is a friendly environment where most of us consistently take part in conversations on a daily basis. So head on over to CosmicCrit.com for the link on how you can join the Cosmic Crit Discord today. And now, without any further interruption, I'm happy to introduce Episode 104, A Clockworks Orange. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. Take me down to the Cosmic Critty where the drift is green and space is purpley. Oh, won't you please start this episode? Take me down to Outpost Zed City where the crew is now and the Glimshar pirates are gritty. Oh, won't you please end this intro? Oh, yeah. We are back again, Cosmic Crittermanders, and we're going to use our illusion to magically slash the enemies in this week's new episode. Uh, this is your GM Patrick, the president here of this Chinese democracy of a podcast. And joining me in playing Starfinder are a bunch of urchins living under the street that are uh, very tough to beat. <laughs> they are my five friends and your players to my right. If you got the credits, honey, this doctor can heal your disease. It's Tyler playing Nikithi and Droneitis. I keep people from knock knocking on heaven's door, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> to his right. If her jump jets uh, fail her, she'll be walking through this November rain. It's Rebecca rocking Talara. Hello. Across the digital table. This sweet child of mine has fur of the bluest skies. It's Miles with a win. Good evening. To his right. Uh, whatever trick he pulls from his pocket is going to have you knock, knock, knocking on Phrasma's door. It's your burp ring and bum puzzle. Needless to say, I keep her in check. <laughs> and to my left, with a vanguard, welcome to the dirty trick. Trip attacks going to bring you down to your na 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 knees. Knees, knees. It's Drew running with cat. Uh, Patrick everyone. knew that I would do that ahead of time, oh, no. so um, I knew he would scream. <laughs> One of our listeners just got in a car accident because of that. <laughs> oh boy, it is the end of September when this episode airs. Always a, a bittersweet time for me. Uh, September, hands down, my favorite month. Not too hot, not too cold, 
my birthday month. And it's when you start getting some of the larger um, kind of game and, and movie releases, as well as some delightful seasonal ales and lagers. Yeah, some pumpkin beer. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's my time, fellas. <laughs> uh, so September is my favorite month. Do you guys have a favorite month of the year? Probably a September, October. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, October. November is my birthday, but it's early November, so I'd say October. I gotta say October too. Halloween. Oh my goodness! I'm a, I'm a oh huge. It's a, it's a regular Oktoberfest here. We are the the fall friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm we not are. Gonna say October. I'm gonna say April. Oh, that's yeah. the opposite oh, of October. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> Good on yeah. you. Yeah. What about you, Drew? I don't know. I I've always been partial to August, but it's my birthday month, so that's probably mm. why. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta. Go with what speaks to you. Um, yeah, just great time of year. I hope you guys uh, listening at home had a great uh, September as we head into some some more fall action. Yeah, um, buy uh, buy Borderlands Three on PS4. <laughs> play, <laughs> play, play with me. <laughs> oh, but uh, well, yeah, by the time this comes out, though, we're gonna be getting ready for some more Destiny action. Yeah, some Shadow Keep. That's, that's true. Yeah, it's, that's true. We're gonna have a we half better be a month done of, of heavy Borderlands action. We, we will be reunited with our old friend Eris. Oh, so, uh, so no, nobody is super excited about a Kerbal Space Program too. I actually no, I am. I think it looks yeah. awesome. That's oh, a different, yeah, that's, it's a different team though, so we'll see if they can pull it off. That is all I'm going to be doing. Uh, I might quit the podcast and just play Kerbal from <laughs> now on in my life. I would quit my job. Just going to play Kerbal. Is that just <laughs> a loved, loved KSP? Uh, it was like it was like you know I'd, I'd you know read some like some sci-fi and I'd you know I'd, I'd I thought I sort of understood orbital mechanics until I actually played KSP and I was like, oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, continuously falling to Earth is, right. is how things stay in orbit, which is like, yeah, like, like literally uh, the trick to flying is to fall and miss. Just like Douglas Adams said, <laughs> that's, that's all that's all orbit, orbiting is it's just falling and missing. It's, it's not flying. It's falling in style uh oh, that's a different thing that's a different thing awesome when, when's that come out uh Jabir? 2020 um, 2020 they haven't they haven't released an actual date for it yet okay so. well that's very far in the future <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> oh, stuff oh it's so like far it's so far in the future <laughs> the year 2020 in the year 2020 uh let's let's not hang on to the calendar chat for too long because we need to get back into the action we need to remind our audience and one another what happened last time on cosmic crit we battled Skraylin, the Draelic who had put a hit out on us, and she brought two slug friends along for the fight. Wynn helps make short work of these squishy slug nuisances as the gang concentrates on rendering Skraylin unconscious so that we can question her. While interrogating Skraylin, we discovered her glancing at a particular spot in the junkyard. But how do we get it open? We push and push, and then finally, within a shipping container, we find a secret office loaded with goodies. And, more importantly, some intel revealing who hired Scraven to cook our gooses. We also saved our friend, Hashashir. This bug has had a rough AP. With friend intel, we return to Sedona and discuss our next move. And it's off to Arelos, a off-the-chart asteroid based within the system. Oh yeah, you got the, the note that it was indeed the Sardat 
Zoholan Ulavestra, who is he put out hit on you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Who what a, a, I mean, what, what a, are the chances that it was dang. like the guy broke, we've been talking about this whole AP? Well, you broke into his prison. You took his prisoner. His uh, favorite prisoner. You, you messed up. Um, I imagine he's still waiting for some reports from Nakondas at this moment. I, I would have assumed he heard <laughs> our, our dope tracks and would have just let us go. <laughs> you guys putting out an album yeah i i think i think after after the the rousing success that we've had recently i think we're gonna put out a a cosmic crit the album i don't think that's ever happening no it will never happen <laughs> so <laughs> come to swan uh, bank camp oh where we left off last time is not where we are picking up at the beginning of this episode this week's episode starting a little far from the home base of Outpost Zed and the, the Phoenix's respite, as this episode starts in a sterile, high-tech laboratory deep inside the center of an asteroid in the black void of space. And it's here that we see some of the most advanced scientific equipment in the galaxy. Uh, DNA sequencers the size of trucks able to rewrite synthesize code matter of minutes. These large tanks of... Um, cooled liquid that seem to be growing flesh and bone, perhaps incubating new life, as well as computers with advanced AIs performing their own experiments by the thousands every hour. And it's in this high-tech lab, an Atlante lab, that we see a younger looking at the very familiar face, that of Nikithi Berendir in his Atlante lab coat. You've got a monitoring collar strapped around your character's neck, Tyler. And um, your supervisor, a young Islanti scientist named Slubbig, uh, walks into the chamber holding a, a data pad and walks curtly towards you and says, Asharin, where are we with the latest cell degradation reports? Ah, initial, initial testing is looking good. I believe we will have uh, something successful to report soon. You believe? We need those results if you hope to keep your neck. The next quarter, if the variants in these tests don't fall within acceptable ranges, then uh, Slubbick draws his finger across his throat and, and shoots you a wicked smile as he gets to work at his own station. And there's a, a, a call on uh, the room's comm unit a moment later, and you see a brief conversation as Slubbick uh, talks into the comm unit and then barks an order at you and says, Slug, eyes down and forward. I want to see those gross things glued to your screen. We have a VIP touring the facility. A few minutes later, the door to the lab opens again, and you can just see out of your peripheral side of your, your vision what looks like a cadre of soldiers surrounding a finely dressed man wearing a long cape nearly reaches the floor. You can just hear um, the edge of, of what they're discussing in, in low tones. You hear Atlante words, some that you've heard before. Uh, results is said several times, as well as the name uh, Project Cognate. And is the name of this mysterious program they are forcing you to work on. Eventually, the important man in the center of the room begins to walk around and walks straight up behind you and is standing above your shoulder, kind of looking over at your workstation. You feel his presence, the personal space around his body seems to be magnetic and suddenly you begin to sweat mucusy bullets as the, the weight of him almost compresses your, your calm nature. You try not to think 
about him opening up your bottom drawer, moving some sample trays, and finding the cyber cortex where you're building your own experiments, what would one day become Itis. He's standing a few inches away from a discovery that would have you executed on the spot here. And that is where the Sardat stands, paused, hunched on top of you, ready to strike. There's something just about his posture, his stance, that reminds you of an Asharan eel. The moments before they would leap on their prey. Like the Sardat was in standing there, actively suppressing the, the will to end your life with a flick of his wrist. And that's where the nightmare ends. Nikithi, you wake up back in your bunk aboard the Phoenix's respite, drenched in the same mucusy sweat that Asharans, I imagine, have. <laughs> probably. I mean, considering they do have the slime ability, I think it's probably accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, you know what has, like, never come up? Their slime ability, because you're not uh, really... Yeah in melee very often. Hard to do when you're 60 feet away. Yeah. You should just do it every combat just for fun. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah. goodness, I'm sliming over here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we've been playing um, almost 30 episodes, right? Of of, of this season. Um, the audience doesn't know too, too much about Nikithi. Uh, as a character, he has kept a lot of himself kind of hidden from those around him, the crew of the Phoenix's respite. And, and likewise, that backstory hasn't come out too often. But Tyler, in your backstory, uh, which you can read on our website, CosmicCrit.com, uh, Nikithi escaped from an indentured situation uh, within a Islanti science facility. Is that right? That Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he worked there for a few years on whatever projects they wanted him to work on. While he also, you know, <clears throat> advanced his own projects, which, like you said, eventually turned into uh, Itis. But once he reached a certain point, when he realized what his discoveries w could be used to do, uh, he he left. Hmm. Escaped <laughs> more than yeah. anything. But yeah. um, what what do you think and what does Nikithi think about going back to Arellos after, you know, many years I mean, his initial thought would just be, you know, like probably straight fear. It's, you know, it's a place where he could have died many, many times. Uh, he barely escaped. And but at the same time, he knows what projects have been in there. And if they can destroy all that, you know, he knows how much that will set back um, Aslanti technology. So it's a great mm -hmm. opportunity to, you know, I think he realizes now at the time when he was developing this tech, it was just like, I'm just, I'm just doing my job. I'm just staying alive. He didn't really care about the repercussions of what he was building. Mm -hmm. But looking back on it now, he realizes that some of those things that he was helping with could, you know, mean Aslanti enslavement for thousands of other sentient species. And I think the chance to go back and destroy it all is uh, motivating to him. It is indeed a very cutting edge lab from from what you saw of it you know they didn't give you right. full run of the place but um from what you gleaned uh in speaking with some of your Islanti supervisors that they had taken some of the greatest scientific minds of many of the species that they conquered and you know put them to work uh <laughs> nazi scientist style they're they're taking the 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 best and the brightest and and forging weapons for sure, but also, yeah, developing radical technologies, you know, stuff that definitely doesn't exist in the pact systems. Um, 
and that was years ago. So has stuff been developed since then? You don't know. Uh, from what you thought you um, back then, you thought it might have been a, a larger element of the empire. But from what you found out, Rello seems to be a private industry owned by this Sardat uh, Uavestra. Right, which is almost, I mean, that's terrifying, but also almost a relief. Like, <laughs> at least it's not, I mean, it's kind of like when we all learned that it was just the Sardats. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's not taking, this last uh, fight not taking place on New Thespera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the capital city um, of the the Aslanti Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Itis earlier, we, we've kind of glossed over at level five some of the upgrades you made after rebuilding her on, on the way back from Golta. Um, what, what's Ida's sport in these days? Anything else fun? I think you gave her some climbing claws. Is that right? Right. But every time I so every time I gain a mechanic level, I have a chance to completely rebuild Ida's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that I mean, just the way, you know, I've tried to play Itis as her own personality and having her own kind of, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if feelings is the right word, but her own, her own style. And the more and more we've played, the more she has kind of played a harasser, just kind of a, a medium to long range um, shooter. Mm-hmm. And every time she's gotten into melee combat, she's just been devastated. And, <laughs> And she's also kind of grown a bond with Talara. And so I think that has caused her to want to play more into a long-ranged role. So at level five, uh, I, we remodded, we, we remodded her to be actually to become a heavy weapon specialist. Mm-hmm. So she was, she you know, mainly was firing a long arm uh, and she still will have that long arm capability. But now she has added on to that arsenal uh, heavy weapons. So... Uh, in addition to the climbing claws. So now she can climb a bunch of surfaces and also shoot a really, really big gun. <laughs> okay. It seems like seems like more of the same, if you ask me. She's been shooting a lot. It's, uh, yeah, but it, it, it's, and to me, it, it just, it's, it, it's in a, it's further specializing down that route, you know, because mm-hmm. she was kind of straddling the line between melee and long range. And now she's just kind of fully uh, encompassing that long range capability and kind of throwing away the the melee aspect of her chassis. Right, right. Um, great. Yeah. So it, it has been a few days since the the previous episode. Um, Hashir back on his feet. You guys can, um, with his help, he's not really leaving the docking bay much anymore. Get back to making the repairs on the, the Phoenix's respites and we'll be talking about it uh, a good deal off air, making some marketplace purchases as well as some crafting. You have time to, to craft most weapons and armor that you guys will need. Um, while this is happening, uh, when you guys get a moment alone, uh, Jabert, uh, Sedona tries to uh, speak with Bumfuzzle, um, offers to make you a, a pickle sandwich with some some sugar water as you take a break from working on the respite. Is that something a bumfuzzle might be interested in? Uh, definitely into some pickle relish. Uh, put that on a sandwich. It's like a like a chicken salad sandwich, but no chicken, just pickles, just pickles, <laughs> bottom pickles. In fact, you know what? Just put it on two slices of pickle. Just hand me that jar of pickles. <laughs> no, just give me the jar of pickles. I'm, why I'll, why I'll are we myself messing around with this bread? <laughs> <laughs> right. So why are we beating around the bush here? <laughs> 
Yeah, let's role play that 20 minute conversation of <laughs> making the sandwich. No. Um, so yeah, she'll sit down across from you. She herself drinks something that seems to look like an opaque, um, bluish machine lubricant. And, uh, she says, bum fuzzle. You said some things back aboard the respite when we were leaving Golta. We really didn't have the time then to discuss it, but I would like to know if that is agreeable with you to chat about now. Well, you mentioned something about keeping me safe. How was it you came to know me? Have have we met before? I don't know. No, never met. Never met. No, I, I don't believe so. I guess the, uh, the cat's out of the old bag at that point, huh? <laughs> well, yes, you mentioned Andis 147. I did know Andis some years ago. We ran with the Android Liberation Front in this neighborhood of space, too, for a time. Oh, interesting. Uh, they, they never told me about these things, but uh, ah, very interesting. Well, what was it you thought that I had to do with him, though? That was several decades ago. Well, well. Uh, Andis was worried about you. Yes, yes, Andis was concerned and wants you to be safe. Heard you in trouble. You were in trouble. So, yes, we protect you. Oh, I have not seen the Andis in decades. As I said, Jabert, any interest on Bumfuzzle's part on, on talking to Sedona um, more candidly or perhaps the markings Andis had on his chest? Yeah, um, yeah, I, sp- I suppose so. I, I guess, I guess, Bumfuzzle was maybe being a little cagey still, but mm-hmm. um, at this point, since I've already just, I've already sort of come out and said that I want to take her to Alluvion. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe, maybe 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 the ruse is over. Well, um, she seems a little confused, maybe when you mention that or if if you talk about it, but. Um, if if we want to skip a little bit, I, I guess maybe we shouldn't spoil too much of season one for folks that skipped it and, and want to go back. But um, our character Andis One Four Seven from from that season is uh, a member of a like an original group of androids that um, came to the Pack Worlds thousands of years ago, um, and is marked on on their chest with a and d-15 and it kind of looks like the word andis yeah where they they took their name yeah um yeah so the uh so look look sedona here's the thing right there's a there's a group of androids right but they're not like other androids they're they're special and uh they're very old and um well we the some of the followers of and we believe that there's something important about them and that they should be together again. And, uh, well, me and my friends, we we found Andis. We brought it, we brought them home. And then it became important for me to find you too. Um, Do you understand what I mean? Yes, she listens carefully for a bit and then kind of lays a, a hand on your arm very gently says, I... I think there must be some mistake. Who is it that you think that I am? Why, you're one of the you're one of the founding. That's 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 who you are. Huh, I am sorry, but I 
believe even Andis knew this. Uh, well, we are not Foundry siblings, Andis and I. I trace my Kresh origins back to a mega corporation called Astral Extractions on a, a distant planet hundreds of years ago. What I can tell, perhaps 200 years. I, I do not know how you came to this notion that I was as old as Andis. Do I look as old as Andis? No, 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 I uh, I am going to have a, have a talk with Andy when I get back to Alluvion, no. Oh, boy. Boy, we're going to have some words. Oh, boy, there's egg on my face. Um. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if this is a disappointment to you, Bumfuzzle, but sometimes, though, we sojourn for an ideal for so long that we find that while our, our goal has not changed, we discover that we ourselves change and our pathways in this universe change regardless. Uh, perhaps you were someone else when you accepted this mission, but now that you know the truth, you better know who you truly are. Mm, maybe. Uh, Bumfuzzle's not convinced about that, but uh, but he'll, he'll, he'll mull that over for a while. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if, if she wants to assuage you, she she'll show like she has no like product markings uh, similar to to Andy, Andio, Andis, any of the other founding nineteen members that you saw. Some of them did have you know like different kind of like skins. Um, they didn't look exactly the same. Um, you know, things that were changed over time, perhaps, but. Uh, I mean, she does look quite different from them, um, besides kind of some standard Android features. You don't, you don't see a, a lot of the same kind of markings um, after she goes over that. Well, um, you know, I, uh, nevertheless, I was contracted to bring you to Olivion, so that's what I intend to do. And I, one way or another, I believe you'll be safe there. Kindori will protect you, and the others, too. They will. All the others aboard the Phoenix's respite I did favors for in the past, and believe me, those have been repaid several times over in what you all have done. But not you, Bumfuzzle. You, you are doing this thanklessly, I would say, for the benefit of others and, and what you believe is a just cause. I think if you ask me deep down, you are not just the brave pilot and engineer of the Phoenix's respite. You are, are more than just a member of this crew of my friends. You are the heart of this operation as well. I spoke on the way back from Golta to Mothkala, and she told me how you made sure you and Kaz released all the prisoners from, from the prison moon. Yeah, that Kaz is a pretty good guy. Well, just for that, I would like to thank you once more. Well, of course, it's a... Uh... Yeah, it's, uh, it wouldn't be right to leave him there. You know? You know? It's wrong. <laughs> She'll finish her drink, allow you to, to finish the pickles before come, she... Come, 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 She'll go back and um, she'll actually help you. Finish the and... pickles? <laughs> she'll, she'll munch on a pickle with a bum puzzle. <laughs> That's right. We're not if really you... friends unless you eat a pickle with me. If you crack it in half <laughs> like a, a, a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just hand her side. Just like... <laughs> but that satisfying break. crack is just sort of a... Give me a pickle break. <laughs> sort of a splort. Give me a break of that pickle juice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once more, we're in montage mode. We see the crew here. 
completing repairs, upgrades to the Phoenix's respite. And yeah, she'll she'll help you uh, bumfuzzle and mapping out kind of the, the NIS system's asteroid belt, looking uh, to identify potential rocks that can hold a, a large scientific research facility. Mm-hmm. And it's a few days later when you guys are all ready to set out in what might be your final mission. We've, like I said, done some purchasing off air, um, some things that uh, your your characters already have equipped. Um, we see likewise Sedona armored up and uh, getting ready to strap herself into the, the flight deck of the Phoenix's respite. Uh, she'll say she can take over science officer duties pretty well if you guys would have her. Yeah. Sure. Not oh, off. Sure. One, one of those. Uh, I'll tell you what. A much more capable NPC than two goblins. I'm sorry, Bumfuzzle. Season one. Season one. No. I can give you a lot of bonuses. It's a, a level zero goblin. Oh, <laughs> or level guy. level one half. Uh, Bumfuzzle and uh, <laughs> CSR one half. Just like, and, and, uh, like ouch. plus one half to piloting. <laughs> if yeah. we had rescued Kali Wobble, he was level 15. But yeah. No. yeah. We got bumpers on Caddy. He got he got got by the Akados. I was about to say <laughs> together you're you're uh, a level one with, with Caddy <laughs> Wampus and Bumpuzzle, but separately you're just one half. <laughs> uh, remember, you guys did put them on like a gun at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, they didn't, they didn't do so much. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. <laughs> it was uh, hilarious. It was the best decision. Oh, uh, season one spoilers. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything you guys want to do um, finally before you head out? Uh, I mean, Nikithi has like two conversations he probably would need to have. Oh, big combos? If one with Kaz and one with Talar, they're pretty short. Can't go right ahead. Yeah, he knows like he's going back to a place that I think he might think is his, that he might not come back from. And so I think he's kind of like, oh, I've got some things I need to make peace with before we go. <laughs> go for it. Uh, so I think he would call in, uh, maybe he would call in Kaz first because he's usually hanging out in the medical bay. So he's probably doing something in the medical bay. And, uh, he's got a little, he's got a, maybe not a data pad, but just a little, you know, data unit, just a little data stick on you know a table. And Kaz, as you walk in, he's like, you know, Kaz, I haven't, uh, been a very trusting person, uh, when it comes to, well, many, many things actually, uh, and, now that I know where we are headed, it, it it occurs to me that there may be no return for me. There are some things I have kept from you, uh, things that I probably should not have. I have transferred them to the data file, the data stick in front of you. Uh, it's not encrypted. You can view it whenever you would like. And there is some pictures there, pictures from your past that might interest you. However, they could also hurt you. I think it is should be your decision whether you view them or not. And if you, I w- also would fully understand if you would like to punch me uh, after <laughs> all that, because... Oh, yeah. Roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, to be to be honest, you deserve the truth. And I've mm. held it from you for some time. And I am very sorry for that. I think we're talking about some uh, Lieutenant Sharu data pad info. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. all the things that he got from Lieutenant Shar's data pad. Most importantly, are probably the pictures. Uh, but all the things that he's kind of gathered about, you know, 
mm-hmm. his past as before you know his past and his memories he's put onto this this data stick mm-hmm. um, so yeah cast you can you can view those uh not triggering any memories for you but you see ostensibly uh perhaps a past life um it seems indeed some of these images are a few years old um i, I don't know if you <laughs> you drew need a refresher course from like episode 90 <laughs> <laughs> like 15 episodes ago but yeah it, it seemed um like um most of them are, are private photos of lieutenant sharu and, and you um mostly out of uniform nikithi my friend these are interesting but my master joran he used to tell me that the past was relative. I don't remember much of my past, but what I do remember has largely been spent with you and the rest of this crew. We fought together, we have faced death together, and if this is the end for you, it may very well be the end for all of us as we go into this, but at least we face it together. I don't fear the end, but the Islanti that we face, they should fear us. That is well said, and again, I just wish to apologize. I was kind of hoping you'd get punched in the face, but okay. Get that one <laughs> better than I thought. Destroy a bathroom or something. Hotel room. Um, what, what, what you got to talk to uh, Talara about? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. Where would where might I find Talara on the ship? Uh, probably playing video poker to, on her, like, data pad in her quarters. Oh, no. Yeah. We've we've created a monster on that post. Yeah, she's a gambler now. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> you probably, you see Idis probably enter first. Uh, you know, she springs into your quarters and is trying to get up and look at whatever you're doing on a data pad. Uh, maybe bumping into you more than she, she's kind of, she's kind of clunky and clumsy sometimes uh nikithi follows in behind and he's he's like may i have a brief moment shit thing slugger what's up as we head to this this uh i almost said prison moon but we've already been there uh as we head to this asteroid i am reflecting and evaluating my chances of coming back and the number is uh rather low and i would like to leave some plans in case things do not go well for me and uh he holds out like a, a it's a circular device you've seen it before it's his custom rig uh and he says i have made a non-functioning uh replica of my custom rig and it can be made to function quite easily uh, if something were to ever happen to me i would like it if you were to take this and if Idis survives, I would hope that you would look after her if I do not make it. it, it Nikithi, you're you're being crazy. I mean, we're, we're going to make it out of here. It's just the Sardot. It's nothing. Yes, well, to be honest, I have never been more scared of anything in the universe than the Sardot. And Idis is the most important thing to me in the entire universe besides this crew and the developments i have made with her the technology i have advanced with her if it were to die with me it would be like my entire life was wasted in a single pursuit only to have it evaporate and i i just cannot have that now i know you do not know how to operate her and i do not i know you will not know how to operate a custom rig but maybe you will find someone else you can pass it on to or maybe you will learn how to do it in the future but <laughs> maybe if, maybe you'll multi-class into mechanics maybe you'll multi-class, <laughs> but i i believe amongst all of us 
If there is one person who will come out of this alive, I believe it is you. And that is why I wish for you to promise me to take on Idis as a charge, if you will, if you make it out alive and I do not. Talara thus would put down her uh, data pad with her gambling on it and uh, stand up and, and walk toward Nikithi and put a gentle hand on his shoulder um, and say anything for you, Slugger, but you're going to make it out. Believe me, you can do it. He smiles at you and he says, I I am, I truly am hoping that you are correct, my friend. And uh, he kind of walks away. He kind of walks off. Uh, Idis is probably curled up on your on your bunk, your bed. And uh, she just naps there. And uh, but he kind of like shuffles away and he's looking maybe a little bit better, but still kind of lost in his own worries. Talara looks after longingly. I'm very sad. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Making some notes here. Make sure to kill Nikithi. <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so yeah, you guys, you know, with a, a few short conversations, uh, plotting, plotting out a, a route a few days later with a, a final wave to Hasha Cheer, who um, seems to be completely free of the, the shell rot, but is still mending from injuries from Skralin. Um he, he'll stay behind in the, the docking bay and you guys can set off from Outpost Zed once more into the, the dark, dark side of the NIST system's space. This is going to be a relatively short trip across the system. And it's up to you if, if you want to use the, the drift drive, you can. It's going to take a 1d6 days or just use conventional thrusters, which will take uh, 1d6 plus two days. What do you guys like to do? I mean, if it's just an additional two days, that might be fine. And that way we don't rip part of the material plane into the drift. Seems responsible. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that is much fun. <laughs> fair, yeah. fair enough. Wins the captain. <laughs> Time is of the essence. We need to get there as fast as possible. Talara agrees I'm all about gambling these days. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Talara can quit whenever she wants. <laughs> Talara, Talara hears they have ponies on the asteroid. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think first off, uh, Bumfuzzle, give me a piloting check for the, the work you've done in uh, setting this route. All right. I think it's like, don't roll a one, and we're, we're probably in great territory here. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, 26 is, is going to do it. Within the same system, it's fairly simple. Either if you want to do the the drift to to get towards the uh, more towards the center of the system to the to the asteroid belts, or if you want to do some loop to loops of, of some of the larger gas giants and, and just speed there in conventional thrusters, um, it sounds like you guys were leaning towards the drift. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Uh, I mean, for for another thing, like they might see us coming if mm. we're using our conventional thrusters, they could just like spot us on our on like normal detection methods. <laughs> but if we just like drop in out of the drift, like we might get a little, get a little advantage. Um, great. So why don't you Jabert, roll a D six for us? And we'll see, we'll see how long this takes. Right. This short jaunt. <laughs> <laughs> Speedy indeed. Yes. Yeah. So, What'd you roll? Uh, I, one day, one day. Oh my goodness. Uh, just for fun. I'm going to roll. What if you did conventional? Uh, oh boy, it would have taken four times as long. Four days. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, 
Yeah, so it is indeed a, a very short trip as you, you tear into drift space and um, uh, shortly, uh, 24 hours after you've left Outpost Zed, the computer is saying it's time to drop out of drift space and indeed you are um, a few thousand miles away from what is generally uh, accepted as the start of the NIST system's asteroid belt. And you guys can get to to searching those. You have a number of candidates of potential uh, sites to look into that could house this Aurelos research uh, station. So it is hours later as you scan, you know, your fifth or sixth asteroid in this belt. Um, you, you come up uh, upon one marked as NA-34798, and you get an immediate ping back on your LADAR. The, the ship's long-range sensors seem to pick up something uh, reflective, potentially, a, a man-made structure on, on the surface of what seems to be a three-mile-wide rock. What would you guys like to do? You're still several hundred miles away, kind of outside of, of scanning range at this point. Shoot it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fire nuclear missiles. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I mean, is there? I'm assuming there's no other type of scan we can do to get more, uh, more specific information, or is or or would we have to get within short, uh, short you'd, scanner range? Yeah, you'd have to get within your ship's um, scanner's range. So, you know, pretty darn close. Are, are we picking up any? nascent communications chatter? Is there any signals that seem to be bouncing around? Uh, no, but that would not be weird from from what you have um, heard of this place. It seems to be a black site. It wasn't on any um, uh, info sphere, any, any outpost Zed kind of uh, from what you've been able to glean. Um, not on any official Aslantia registries or anything like that. So... Not not crazy that they're not um, uh, talking to the rest of the the system. Does there seem to be anything that? Hmm, no, uh, that's it's like we couldn't detect anything cloaked. Like, is there any, anything that seems to be more quiet than anything else? Like, they mm. were, like it was purposefully mm-hmm. shielded or silenced or, or whatever. Yeah. The asteroid asteroid to your well, side takes off its uh, its camouflage. It's a bird of prey. Ah, we got a can we scan i guess my biggest concern right now is that if we close in on this uh one asteroid mm-hmm. that they're obviously going to have like a defense net right i i believe there would be other ships per- perhaps you know orbiting that one asteroid to intercept anybody who gets yeah. too close can we scan uh other asteroids that are surrounding that particular one and see if we can't get uh you know detect ships that just might be you know laying around or hiding behind other floating debris yeah, no, you're you're not getting anything. But most of the quote unquote nearby asteroids are also qu- quite far away. <laughs> okay. As, okay. As far as um, you know, space goes, they might only be five or six hexes <laughs> from from one another. But that could be um, once again hundreds of thousands of of miles. Space is a big place. It's a big place. In general. Well, then I I think the best thing is for us to close the distance and at least get it on so we can view it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, there's not, yeah, not I don't really a, a stealth maneuver for, for ships. 
at least uh, not for ships that aren't like specifically built for that. Eh, uh, <laughs> I was about to say it, it harkens back once again to season one where you were able to uh, steal a an enemy vessel and kind of pretend to be <laughs> a member of them. But uh, oh boy, um, that worked in Golta. Sorry. Not, oh yeah, I was about to say it worked with uh, the Prison Moon of Golta. Um, but uh, what what kind of ship is supposed to be going to to this black site? You do not know. So I'm guessing that if we're not close enough for scanning range, like we can't see it with the na- naked eye, and which like in order to do like a physical science check or something like that to like examine mm. the thing. Yeah, I mean you've you've scanned like tons of different asteroids, and there's been nothing extremely remarkable about them in the NIS system. They they have a, a great deal of iron content within them um but uh, uh as far as other materials goes it's it's not they're not extremely valuable asteroids um if if you guys had a guess just from the ones you've scanned the the optimal thing about this potentially being the base is it is very discreet there's dozens of asteroids of this size and not a whole lot else around then let's check it out. Is there? Can I mm-hmm. use Profession Smuggler in any way to try to sneak around? Or, <laughs> um, I mean, th- there's an infinite number of approach vectors you can take to uh, to get to the asteroid, but in space, there's there's not so much cover to hide behind. Yeah, uh, you you might be able like- to take like a few asteroid groups. And, and put them between you and the the base, but eventually you're going to get out into completely open space. And if someone is out there scanning for you, they're gonna they're gonna see you, and likewise, you'd be able to right. see them. Yeah. yeah. So Valhalla time, Bumfussel. <laughs> yeah, maybe just uh, just uh, get as close as we can, uh, sort of behind another asteroid, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just sort of hop asteroid to asteroid, sort of like parking on an asteroid, waiting for a little bit, parking on another one, and sort of inching our way closer. And then when it's when it's time, we just full speed ahead. We just go in hot. Yeah, you, you don't see or detect any movement while you're you're doing this, but as soon as you get within um, uh, what would be like a long sensor range, maybe like 15 or, or 20 hexes when we get to the map. Oh, and there will be a map. Uh... <laughs> Sedona jumps up out of her seat and says, Captain Wynn, we are being scanned. There are three vessels off the port side of the respite, and and there are three more off the starboard side. Oh, we're in starship combat mode, everybody. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry. Three plus three is six. That's my hero. Yeah. <laughs> no, remember when I told you guys this is going to be a, uh, an easy starship combat? You don't have to worry about it. Well... Might have, fibbed Might have fibbed just <laughs> a bit, but we'll, we shall see <laughs> as uh, as we get into it. Hey, look at the, I've got you guys on a new map now, which I oh made. Oh my, Lanta. Starship combat map. <sighs> it's an asteroid belt. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are in the, the center here, and there are indeed closing from several different vectors Look like some uh, some smaller vessels that we're, we're having difficulty pinning currently. So you all 
are indeed receiving a, a good deal of telemetry uh, from six different locations. Your computer trying to piece these all together. Why don't you give me, anybody, uh, an engineering check. See if you can identify some of the technology that's coming back from these enemy vessel transponders. Anybody? Anybody's got engineering, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got engineering. I think oh. at least two of us. I'm going to roll for Sedona. I'm part of the team now, guys. Oh, no. I'm Try helping. <laughs> oh, boy, Bumfuzz, what you get? <laughs> uh, I got a 32. I rolled really well. Oh, just missed it by one. 32. Uh, uh, no, just like in episode uh, two of the season, uh, you were able to identify the Aslanti vessels closing in on you as Clockworks drones. They are pilotless um Atlanti drones that uh, seem to be coming out from all these you know kind of rocky crags within uh, asteroids and uh from from automatic launching pads and uh yeah they are rapidly approaching scanning your vessel uh, let's get back into starship combat mode it's been so long mm -hmm. uh turn one so one one thing I, I like about the, these clockwork strengths uh, no crew, so there's very little that I have to do as the, <laughs> the GM. Nice. These games, I shoot and I fly. Then I fly and I shoot. But you guys have a whole engineering phase. Uh, Nikithi, what do you want to do? Let's just start out with supporting the gunners. Let's try to divert power to some guns. Let's just start off with that. Right. So you pick one gun, correct? Let's part. Let's pick that linked coil gun. <laughs> Oh, that's a pretty good one. It's a so, pretty good one. Any ones that uh, you roll for damage count as twos. If memory yeah. Serves. Uh, if, uh, a lot of times these drones just don't have a lot of hit points, so I'm hoping that maybe we can just one-shot them or two-shot them at least. Uh, is this an auto-succeed, or, or do you have to roll it? Uh, I'll roll it. I think it might be very close to auto. Um, I have a plus 15 to engineering. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> I think it's DC 17 memory serves. Okay, so yeah, very close to auto. Could still roll a 1. 28, we're good. Alrighty. Uh, don't believe anything else happened in engineering. Let's get to the helm phase. Um, I think Sedona is going to do a scan <laughs> like you should do starting off Starship <laughs> Combat. I I've rolled a 9 here. She's actually... Uh, she actually does have some computer skills, and she is able because these are, you know, very small uh, tier uh, drones. Uh, a good deal of information about them. I'm not sure exactly if we had them in in the the second episode, uh, but they're gonna they're gonna work a little different than when we first played with them um, to make this this a, a more fun combat. Since there's six of them, uh, they have a an AC and a TL of 15. 20 hit points, uh, a critical threat of, of four. Uh, you know for a fact they have the auto-destruct system that most Aslanti vessels are um, oh, no. equipped with. And uh, well, one thing we didn't play with, with the um, the, the Barazads, uh two drones that they left behind on the Candace is... Uh, the, these are indeed automated, and while the onboard computer, which is piloting them, can perform pilot and gunnery checks as if it had a crew of two, so it can do both of those things. It has another effect, which uh, I eschewed because I, I like the critical effects. Uh, you can't uh, score critical effects on these ships, um, so you can't, like, you know, weaken their 
their piloting capabilities or their their gunnery checks. Uh, instead, whenever they take critical damage, they're just going to take some more hull point damage. Oh, and reminder, sense. reminder, they don't have shields as well. So uh-huh. let's let's see how this combat goes. <laughs> um, let's see. Captain, do you want to do anything this round or do you want to save it for gunnery? Saving it for gunnery. Oh, boy. Like you're going to need it. Um, let's do a roll off, Jabert. All right. Uh, combat roll. OK. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and take a, I'm going to take one of those uh, one of those computer bonuses. Mm-hmm. And uh, we I'm have, tell you uh, right now, you're probably not going to need it. I think I have to roll maximum, and you have to roll minimum <laughs> for there to be any. But no, go go right ahead. You you've upgraded to a tetranode. Yeah, a Mark II tetranode actually. So getting plus twos on all these computer bonuses. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. so I'll have a 33 on my piloting check. Oh, yeah, they're they're moving in uh, to you guys first. Uh, they're most of them about uh, 10 to 15 hexes away. They're going to close a lot of that distance. One thing you guys do remember about these uh, drones is they're very fleet. They have a, a movement of uh, a speed of 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sound like punks to me. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a move of ten, so we're not too much slower than them. But right. I'm wondering if we need to try to. If there's a lot of asteroid cover on this map. I'm wondering if we need to to get around to to limit how many directions we can get shot at from one time. Yeah, so I have populated the map with some small asteroids. Technically, not an effect in in the book, but uh, I'm gonna say if you are shooting through them, it uh, it might provide um, uh, an additional range increment uh, for the gun. Like if you're shooting through like a, a whole bunch of them, don't know if that will come into effect <laughs> because it's a pretty small map. But um, they they have moved in a little closer to you, and uh, you can you can go ahead and move now. They now they're all about. Uh, between three and like eight hexes away. So what we're going to do is we're going to fly just sort of straight forward and then sort of turn to our right a little bit and come back around uh, to the left and we're going to sort of bear right down on uh, on uh, one that sort of that was sort of in our four originally and mm. uh, now is sort of up against some some rocks and we're going to try to shoot at it I think and then maybe drive it into the asteroids. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's my thinking. And uh, while we do this, I'm going to go ahead and give it a little evade action. Oh, boy. And then just, uh, yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Piling check D33 here. So get a little bonus. You do not need that as well. (laughs) But I I might have souped up these as Lanty drones to make this an interesting fight. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I can soup them up a little bit more. Um, That is is all of the helm. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the gunnery phase. Um, You've moved outside of a couple of their their arcs, as you recall, and, and Sedona can back up. Uh, they've just got forward-facing light laser cannons. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys want to start the firing procession? Sure. That will be uh, maybe yeah. Uh, when who are you inspiring? Um, demanding is it uh, Talara and uh, Cass? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so Kaz, which gun are you on? Uh, I was going to do the linked coil gun. Okay, so I'll be on the turret. Okay. Um, who who most likely needs the bonus? Probably me. Okay. I'm less likely to hit, but... <laughs> Based on the songs we sang in the last time we did Space Combat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I will I will, I will will try to encourage Talara. Um, so I will add that and uh, tease. So, ooh, yeah. 21. Well, it's only DC 15, so you got that, which means a little bonus there. You said Talara, right? Yeah, Talara. So is, is that plus two? Yes. Who wants to shoot first? Well, wait. Talara has a has a response to that. Oh, boy. oh Captain, my Captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh goodness! You guys Ooh. remember that super funny Robin Williams movie? <laughs> <laughs> God, oh, that guy was hysterical. You remember? Remember that crack up Walt Whitman? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, yeah. That's I think that means Rebecca, you're shooting first. Yeah, I'm shooting first. I'm inspired. All right. <laughs> so I'm on the heavy laser net. Let's see how this goes. Oh yeah, wait. Is this backwards facing? It's a turret. It's oh, a turret, so she can gotcha. fire on either. She, you can fire on the ship that we're closest to, or the ship that is actually facing our aft. All right. So Talara, with this attack, is going to. I'm going to target the ship, the drone thing, to our aft that is in our aft arc. It is just within five hexes, so just within range of the, the laser nets. Indeed, and this roll has a plus four because of the computer's bonus and the bonus from my captain. Gosh. So that gives us a attack roll of 16. Uh, that is that is just a hit. Oh. Ooh, let's, let's hear it. Let, let's sirenscape paint us a picture. Laser net. Laser net. Um, yeah, no. All right, so if that hits, I'm going to roll 5d6. Yeah. Oh, yeah, please do. Okay. That does 18. Well, so you would re-roll that one because... Well, no, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a two. It just becomes a two. Oh, yeah. it just becomes a two. I see. Yeah. Yes. So it's actually 19 points of damage. 19. Look at that. Uh, great worry. Because... Holy, holy cow. Every time they bypass a critical threshold, they're taking two more damage, which means this took 27 points of damage and <laughs> explodes immediately. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Oh, wow. Lara's like feeling really light powerful, light. and it's yeah. all because of everyone on her crew telling her she's awesome. <laughs> we, we, we have packs her on the back. This is well done. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get to Kaz on, on that front gun. All right, here we go. That's a 30 to hit because I'm taking one of those. <laughs> super oh. hit. Oh, yeah. super. Here, let's let's oh, hear the, it. This is to the one. I'm in the front arc. This is to the one in the front arc. Oh, yeah. It's only a couple hexes away. And I'm sorry. Remind me how much damage this is. Sorry. Um, you're, you're operating a nuclear missile. Is that correct? Uh, it's two linked coil guns. So oh, it's eight D four. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you guys were just shooting nukes at them. Yes, link coil guns. Go, go ahead and shoot them. Oops. So that's uh, twenty-two. Is that twenty-three points of damage because of the one thing, or is that only uh, with uh? No, that's for guns. all guns. That's a twenty-three points of damage. Is it for all guns or is it a single? Uh, you send it to the starship's weapons, plural. So I'm going to take that as all the guns. So once again, this one uh, obliterated. <laughs> but... 
whatever because they didn't even uh, have a shot on you guys um, for, for this turn. So they were useless. Uh, by my reckoning, it looks like you were within, I think, just uh, three of the surviving um, drones arcs their front arcs um out of range of all of their weapons so there's gonna be some negatives here but they're going to fire looks like um uh, actually i think they can pick they're all gonna fire on your port side let's roll let's roll some d20s i can i can roll high eventually um a 15 a 6 and a 9 I believe just the 15 is going to be a hit with some negatives here for for range, which means a single single hit from a light laser cannon. I wonder if the shields are getting obliterated. Uh, nope, just four points of damage. So, portside sealed, just soaking those up, and that's turn one. Why do I feel like Patrick has some sort of monster behemoth ship that he's teasing us with after this? Yeah, uh, Here, don't look, worry. Look. I've, I've, I'm rewriting rules on the fly as we speak, and for some reason the drones get more powerful the more that you kill. <laughs> 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 They're just gonna—they they draw on the strength of their fallen allies. <laughs> get smarter. Um, so yeah, let us get back into it and uh, get to turn two. Anything in engineering, Tyler? Yeah, let's roll an engineering check. We're going to keep diverting. Let's see what happens. Ooh, I barely made it. I rolled a natural two. Oh, goodness. That was almost a heartbreaker. Yeah, uh, not taking not taking the bonus on the computers there. Could, uh, could mess you up. You roll mm-hmm. one. Uh, and you, you hear... I say, uh, fuzzle, prepare. I am going to divert some power to your thrusters. Prepare for speed. And uh, you, our speed increases by two this round. So you can go 12 hexes. Oh, snap. All right. Uh, okay. So, hey, you want to get into this helm phase? Yeah, let's let's do it. Does Sedona want to do, want to do anything or is she good? Uh, let's see. What could she do? I mean, she can balance. Uh, targeting a system really doesn't do anything. Yeah, not not for these guys. Uh, uh, there's no extra guns, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she'll she'll provide uh, moral support, but also will will point out like their their patterns, trying 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 to uh, aid you in in flying and in targeting guys. Um, Okay, so not not a whole lot here. So you might be might be on your own. Alrighty, uh, I guess we should roll off here. Oh goodness, uh, let me let me roll it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna win no matter what. I rolled a four. <laughs> okay, four on the dice. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll be a twenty-eight altogether for me. Okay, yeah. moving these guys in. Uh, I think the the plan now is just to get uh, close to you as close as I can because. Jeez Louise, didn't do great. Didn't do great last time. And they're they're auto-destruct. That only takes effect. We have to be like adjacent adjacent to them, right? That is correct, yes. They did not um none of them have flown adjacent to you currently. Um, but yeah, they are all within four or five hexes. Uh go ahead and and fly the Phoenix's respite. Um, all right. So I'm going to sort of fly down and just sort of skirt right along these uh, 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 these asteroids and just uh, you can fly fly through them. Oh, oh, oh you can pass through those. Yep. Okay. Once again, the asteroids are um, 
you know, fairly small as far as the size of the hexes goes, which are potentially uh, hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's see. So I, I think I am still going to uh, do this. So let's see, it's one, two, three. And then I'm going to... But I'm gonna turn right before I get to this guy, and I'm just gonna like scooch over this way, mm. and then so getting past their defensive line almost. Yeah, and then I'm gonna like sort of pull up to pull up sort of like behind their line where they've all sort of uh, they've all sort of like uh, started closing in on where I was. <laughs> Run up behind them and uh, get a get a shot right down the flank of these guys. Oh boy. Uh, so currently it looks like maybe only in a couple of their arcs, but like, what does that even matter? <laughs> what do these things matter anymore? Oh, and uh, evade as well. Evade as well. <laughs> okay, so success. Let's get to that gunnery phase. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna make some secret rolls here too. I'm, I'm doing. Oh, but I've rolled an 18, so that's that's a good thing. Um, when are you encouraging anyone in particular? Um, I think I'm just gonna stick um, with what I did last time and encourage Talar. Alrighty. Make me a diplo diplomacy. Oh my goodness, obliterated the role. <laughs> Super diplomacy. Super yeah. diplomacy. Uh, we'll have peace in our time. <laughs> oh. I don't think Talar has ever felt so loved. More more <laughs> quotes from the Dead Poet Society. Let's get them out there, everyone. And uh, I'm going to all take my shots first, currently. And let's see, range-wise, I think they are outside of their, their short range. So let's make some shots. Um, a 15 and an 11. 11 would be a hit if you hadn't hit that evade, I believe. So just a single hit on this first one, which is at your front arc. You're ready for the damage. Oh, nearly max damage though. Seven points. Chip in away at the behemoth that is the Oh my, oh my. I think these guns are about to get upgraded to uh, some some heavy laser cannons. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear? Here, here's Patrick's lasers. Yeah, Aww. but I mean, imagine just like a swarm of six of these things and you're swatting them like flies, basically. Go ahead and uh, do we want to do Drew first? No. Switch it up every right. turn. Taking that plus two from the computers, aiming right down the front sights. Yeah, you've got one within a couple of hexes. Nice. So that's a 21. Oh, that's a hit. Let me pull up my... Nope. We're going to do this. 21 damage. Hey, that one's destroyed. <laughs> I think that was the one that got a, a single hit on you last turn. It didn't last that long. Talara, you've got a, another one within a couple of hexes of uh, of your turret. Go right yeah, ahead. I do. And I'm going to shoot it. All right, so this will be a plus four again, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's going to hit. That's a 22. Yep, that's a hit on their evasion <laughs> and their AC, which seems to be creeping up every turn. It like, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll damage. All right. Oh, so much. <laughs> are we still diverted? Do those ones turn into twos? No, I, I boosted uh, our speed, so those are all that's ones. That's what I thought. Okay, oh, okay. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't that matter. That would have been 19 for mine. My- yeah, it's okay, because you add 
um, eight points of damage to that Drew. So yours was twenty-seven. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about the critical threshold deal. <laughs> and yeah, eight more to Talara's roll, which is twenty-five. They only have twenty hit points, so we're uh, at two <laughs> ships left. And let me just go ahead and, for some reason, boost their steps once more. See if we can get something going. Turn three. Yeah, now like if if you get down to just one of them, it's gonna be like a CR ten starship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's actually a capital ship. That's so great. Oh no, it's the Empire of Bones. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's no, these, these are still very. I mean, they could be very dangerous if they they get a couple hits in, or you guys miss a couple hits. This could be a dangerous fight. Sure, yeah. Um, because yeah, there's not. I mean, where are you going? There's not a lot of time to upgrade your starship or or um, right make make hull repairs. So this could be very dangerous for you all. Let's take this seriously and get back into turn three engineering Nikithi. Mm, the gunners don't seem to need my help they don't <laughs> by the, the look <laughs> of these rolls I was like well maybe if they roll low one of these ships can survive but yeah I just think our guns are out gunning them quite literally so I'm just going to make bum puzzle faster I'm okay. going to make this ship fast speed a ship I want to spit a spit a ship the fast <laughs> ship it's a fast ship that's a natural 20 for a 35 i think that beats the dc by a bit and yep we're gonna increase our speed by two bringing it up to 12 you, that's you, you kick her into hyperspace and now you're on the other side yeah of- uh oh man <laughs> N- N- nikithi now. opens a drawer and he pulls out a can and it says liquid schwartz on it and he pours it into a <laughs> he pours it into a valve and the ship just glows a bright orange hue and just blasts off and then um, Paul Walker and Vin are just like are just like neck and neck, and then yeah. oh wait, different. Sorry, different thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into Helm. I'm I'm sick of you rolling high, Jabert, and me rolling low. Change it up right now. Okay. Oh, I've rolled a fifteen. All right. <laughs> Beat that if you may. All right, here we go. Oh, he's wrong low. <laughs> what did you get? I got a, I got a 34. <laughs> they, they, they have a, a great piloting, too, if you can roll low. But, uh, yeah, you've oh, – I mean, I'm even adding some onto this. Uh, have beaten them by five. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, they, I mean, and, and that's that's some boost stats, too. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Jabert didn't even take the plus two from computers. <laughs> I'm leaving that to my teammates. Yeah. Go right ahead and move. They've moved back behind, uh, trying to, once again, keep you in between the two of them. What would you like to do? Mm. Mm. Let's see here. You want to not move at all and just destroy them? That is an option. We're going to get the front arc uh, in something. What does your inner bum fuzzle say? Inner bum fuzzle says... Do a flyby! No. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not gonna do a stunt this time. I'm just going to do a maneuver and mm. turn slightly. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so front arc to one of their front arcs. Yeah. Uh, let's and get then uh, and then uh, I, it's it's technically a check, so uh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're staying in between the two ships. They they've got 
You've got range on you, but yeah, you can easily fire at both of them. Uh, gunnery, Captain, what is what is Wind's command at this point, having decimated two-thirds of this? Oh, he's, he's still force. encouraging uh, Talara on. I mean, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What, what exactly is he saying? Because uh, it's working. I mean, at this is. point, he's just kind of like, kind of pat her on the back and just saying, go, go, go. <laughs> Like he doesn't do, he's, he's, she's already on a streak. He doesn't do a whole lot, but just encourage her because they are gambling buddies. I, I imagine at this point, you're just like looking for things to like, like also like commend her for like, wow, this pottery is great. You took a class once. Oh, that's really great. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I, I just mean like, I just mean like you've, like you've already been like, oh no, you can do it. And she's like, yeah, obviously. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, and also your hair is nice, I guess, and uh, that's a nice window. Now, now I've talked you down from um, easily just rolling a twenty here. Please, please roll the dice and roll, roll very low. <laughs> we don't need All right. success. That's a twenty-five. Oh no. Okay. <sighs> um, I'm usually all reliable for you on, on the rolls. <laughs> Because I think I know where this is going, I'm going to take my shots first. One to your front and one to... Ugh, neither the aft nor the starboard has been hit yet. So aft, I guess. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh. <laughs> Eight and a four. Um, Let's see. I need to go back to my boosted stats here. <laughs> uh, those are both misses. <laughs> All righty. Against a uh, a 21. Yep. Can't roll over a 10. So great. Great job. Uh, Let's go on to Sedona shooting first. Sedona? Sedona? Uh, Oh, yeah. She's taking a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Like leaning out the window with a rifle. Just. (laughs) Talara shoves her out of the way and says, that's mine. (laughs) She's like, let me do one, please. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to say Talara, but give one to Sedona. Come on. She wants to. Tortured in his Blanty prison for weeks. Uh, uh, yeah, no. How about you roll? And she's she's over there encouraging you as well. It's a lover. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Here goes nothing. Another plus four to this. Boy, oh boy. Oh yeah, that's definitely gonna hit. That's a twenty-five. Yeah, you guys have not rolled like under a fifteen this entire combat. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish this would happen in actual combat. Yeah. I wish this actual- would happen when I gambled. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, damage times. Ooh. Oh. Uh, now, this is legitimately the minimum you can roll to absolutely destroy this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before, 14 damage, so that bypasses three critical thresholds, which means you add six points of damage. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it's destroyed as well. Uh, Kaz, onto you. Oh, Kaz, right. you could make this a you could make this a perfect combat. Uh, here comes the natural one, baby. No, I believe. I believe. <laughs> oh no, that's only a fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, that's a miss. Oh, oh no! no! Oh, Get wrecked, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to turn four. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> 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 Forever. 
Uh, Sorry, Kez, Kez missed because he fell asleep in the in the gunner seat <laughs> because this fight's been... You got, you got a, a wicked chafe in your thumb from <laughs> destroying <laughs> yeah. he was uh, He was actually asleep this whole time, just sort of like weakened it, burning it. <laughs> like, just uh, let's go into turn four real quick. Engineering anything, Nikiti, Tyler. Yeah. Doing yeah. pretty well. Uh, Nikiti says, I'm diverting power to cat. I'm diverting power to Talara's gun. <laughs> and, um, uh, but it's all the guns, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and you get a hit, it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, overkill's fun, right? So, yeah, that passes. So, all your ones or twos. Merry Christmas. I'm, I'm Happy very holidays. to have another chance to roll piloting for these guys. Uh, now that five of them have been destroyed, all the computing power and the Aslanti <laughs> technological web is focused on this single <laughs> drone. Let's get it. Uh, opposed rolls. Jabert, why don't you roll first? I'm, I'm sick of seeing my discipline. All right. Well, I'm going to take two. I'm going to take two on this one. If they're putting all their computing power into this, <laughs> so am I. Beep boop. Oh, thank oh, oh, thank goodness. I have a chance. 23. Oh, goodness gracious. Come on, Patrick. Let's let's go. Oh, oh he crushed 15 it. on oh. the dice. Oh, sweet, sweet serenity. Please move first. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Uh, so I'm going to back off. Yeah. Ooh. Smart. So keep the, your, your front arc towards them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, guess what is happening here? Uh, they they are moving right up on top of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Right next to your vessel. It's, it's go time, gunnery <laughs> Yes. Oh. oh, good. Oh, good. Let me mess this up uh, royally and 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 do nothing to your shields. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this drone first. Come on, Patrick. Yeah, we'll get to this boy. Ooh, a 12 on the dice is indeed going to be a hit at point-blank range. Only five points of damage, not even through your shields yet. No, you are not. What are the shields on the, the front of the Phoenix's respite? Uh, oh, I just had it up. It's 13 out of 25. Oh, uh, he's, right. he's point blank, so when we destroy it, we're going to get hit with the self-destruct. Uh, yeah, don't yeah, destroy don't, it. So don't, don't destroy Don't it. shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the whole point. Don't shoot it. Sedona chimes in from her science officer station and be like, the explosion at this range cannot hurt our hull. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys are free to destroy it at, at your leisure. <laughs> Sense motive but Patrick, I don't know. Patrick was Patrick. Patrick was having so much fun. Should we give it another round? <laughs> no, please. G- goodness gracious, let's go on to gunnery. <laughs> uh, I think I think we should give Drew another chance here, right? I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to encourage uh, Kaz this time because Talar doesn't need help. No, no. Kaz does. Miles, boy, miss, him, I miss one shot this entire match. <laughs> I need help. Guess who missed zero? Guess who missed zero? <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, diplomacy, if you want to uh, help out Kaz, then go ahead and roll that combat action. Diplomacy. Oh, you got a plus four here if you're taking a computer upgrade. You know I am, baby. That's a 
That's a 24 to hit. Yeah, that's going to be. Now you just can't roll low. <laughs> For 22 points of damage. Oh, yeah, a little, bit, a little bit more than that. They are obliterated. And as Sedona said, there is an explosion that rocks your vessel, does not deplete your shields. It's additional 10 points of damage as it uh, explodes in a, in a nice little fireworks display right in front of your front viewport. And we are out of starship combat. Uh, Bumfuzzle politely claps. <laughs> <laughs> the best starship combat you guys have ever had? Is that safe oh, to say? Certainly the shortest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've done four four round combats. Yeah, we have. Yeah. But I, I think this might be the first time we've ever just never had a shield go down. Yeah, Talara's feeling really lucky and might go back and play some video gambling. <laughs> I gotta, gotta like, capitalize on this run. I can't help feeling like we're setting ourselves up for a massive, massive disappointment here. I know, yeah, me too. I keep waiting for the other the uh, other drone to drop, as it were. Keep scanning, keep scanning. Well, yeah, you are within range of um, what, I mean, you're sure now is Arellos, and you guys can, can get within your regular scan range and see doesn't look like any real structures on the surface maybe some areas that have been cleared out for landing pads um but your telemetry does pick up some metal spires um like a, a dull black kind of metal protruding from the rock surface the natural rock surface um why don't you guys give me a culture check or let's see maybe a uh, engineering or mysticism what you guys what you guys are seeing here Taz cannot roll skill checks very well <laughs> uh not oh not a lot of good rolls here did anyone roll engineering <laughs> any of our engineers Oh, oh I, sorry. Sorry. I rolled. I rolled mysticism because I heard that's what I heard. Uh, yeah, I heard, I heard mysticism and culture. So I just. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Uh, mysticism engineer. I think we actually have it. Maybe Nikithia on taking a look at these guys. It does seem indeed to be perhaps an, a hybrid item of some sort. You recognize it as a form of technology, but uh, I think maybe you have surmised since you have been here on this station that these seem to be sticking out of the surface and digging down towards um, the station inside the rock. And these are a form of Islanti architecture and are probably providing some form of stability to the station in the form of uh, a regular gravity. So making like a, a gravitational field around Arellos. Okay. That just further justifies that we have the, the right place. Mm -hmm. And I mean, <clears throat> but would that be a, you know, would that signal maybe where we could land? Uh, yeah. So once again, you, you do spots besides like a rocky surface, a few areas cleared out that look like landing pads. Um, you weren't able okay. to see much when you, you can't, were brought here before, but uh, you know that you have to mm -hmm. go within the rock somehow. So do mm -hmm. you guys want to sit down on one of those pads? I mean, I mean, this is crazy here, but what would happen if we shot those spires and destroyed them? Well, it would be a very hard rest of the AP as you would be adventuring through some uh, gravity-less hallways, perhaps. So what I'm hearing is, whip up some mag boots for everybody. Oh, boy. Destroy <laughs> the spires. That's not what you're hearing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Uh, those, give me the salt real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, let's... 
I, I mean, unless anybody else has a, something they want to do, I imagine we would sit down on what seems to be the most promising area. Do, do I'm feeling scan. pretty lucky. How about you guys? Do we want to scan for life forms before we land? No. There's nothing on the surface. Like I said, it seems to be deep within the core of this uh, three-mile-wide asteroid, so nothing your sensors would be able to pick up. Then let us land and engage. It is... Yeah, it is a completely sparse open air landing pad that you guys are able to find and sit down upon and uh, donning your environmental project- protections and, and heading out of the, the Phoenix's respite. Sedona in tow with you, getting her laser pistol ready for action. You spot what looks like a very large surface level, um, kind of like flat uh, service elevator that you know for a fact... Nikithi will probably take you down into the depths of the station. All right. Well, this is the elevator that should take us into the facility. So if anybody has anything left to do or say, it'd be now. Otherwise, we should we should go. I buckle my belt and I say, let's go. All right. Let's do this. And he will. Uh, I imagine there's like a, is there a, a visible keypad or a computer that he can use to call up the elevator? Yep. A small panel will will pop up as you guys all step on getting ready to to head down and you can type in some keys uh, okay. in Aslanti it will will pop back at you says um, the computer says now entering Orelos private property of Sardat Zolan Ulavestra the elevator begins to descend in a very slow pace <laughs> it seems to be heavy machinery uh, ready to bring very large objects down into the facility. Perhaps something as, as large and as heavy as the, the rune drive. And it it doesn't seem like it's that long before you get to a, a level of the facility. Um, it takes a while, but you are definitely nowhere near the, the center of the facility that, uh, that Nikithi recalls. But uh, it seems like that is as far as this elevator goes down. And as the doors open, the computer will say to you all, you have arrived upper Orelos to be continued. Oh, oh I'm, I'm oh. sorry. The elevator must be malfunctioning. I will <laughs> fix that very, really, really quickly. Yeah, no, this is where you guys are getting off into the facility. Oh, mm. boy, oh, boy. Oh, man. I'm excited not to have... <laughs> Clockworks drones in the next. <laughs> don't, don't, guys, 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 don't worry. The Sardat is my uncle. I'll just ask him to give us the rune drive. It'll be fine. Yeah. Is that the the fan theory you're going with right now? Yeah. Yeah. Is that this week's flavor? Hey, Grunkle Ulavestra, can I have that rune drive? Kaz <laughs> is actually a Skywalker. He's not. He's not a nobody, like we said in, in the last. <laughs> Uh, bringing it back um guys we are getting right through book three of uh the rune drive gambit is the name of of this chapter of the adventure you have arrived on arelos we i mean besides nikithi you guys don't really have much of a clue what is lying in store for you and even nikithi you've not been here in years might have made some security upgrades what, what do you what do you think you're gonna see in this this science lab of sorts? 
I mean, what do you see in any evil private science lab? You see uh, crazy experiments that are designed to rot destruction. So I imagine we're going to see some crazy robots, some uh, maybe some biological abominations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meet some uh, reruns of Seventh Heaven. <laughs> some Seventh Absolutely. Heaven reruns, some uh, Event Horizons, some uh, yeah. Aliens versus Predators. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes and, here. These, these all sound good. And all the new servers for WoW Classic. Seriously, by this episode comes out, all the WoW Classic servers are going to be abandoned. Uh, so. <laughs> I keep forgetting we record. Dang it. Yeah, it's like a month <laughs> My ahead. topical jokes suck. <laughs> So seriously, no, no, Tyler, though, Tyler, you suck. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, seriously, though, I'm confused as to why he would be experimenting on a rune drive inside of an asteroid. That doesn't seem like a great place to, you know, do test drives. Mm. I don't think they're trying to do test drives. Yeah. So they're using it for some nefarious purpose, clearly. Oh, right. I follow. I follow. This is no asteroid at all, but this is a massive spaceship. And you guys has <laughs> messed up its its drone army. <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's a spaceship made of rock. Spaceships. Asteroid. Asteroid ship. Uh, we, we'll find out if, if you're theories are correct i've written a couple down here if they're not in the ap i'll add them in just for you guys <laughs> uh but that's gonna that's gonna have to wait until next time uh until then thanks for playing with me everybody thank, thank you thank you patrick and listeners thanks for for tuning in uh one more time we'll see you next week uh take it easy have a good night have a good week goodbye Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20, and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.